If you missed the DSO Connect retreat in Cape Coral, Florida back in July, you missed a whole weekend full of amazing, inspiring content to help you get organized and have a wildly successful season. Through the end of 2021, we're offering our retreat replay for an unheard of $99. When 2022 rolls in, the price will go up to $199. The amount of information and inspiration packed into this online course is easily worth 10 times that. But we're slashing the price temporarily to make this a no-brainer choice for you. Now that your season is underway, carve a little time out of your schedule to work on your business and not just in your business. The retreat replay could be just the thing. Seminar topics from this year's retreat include systematizing your studio using the five pillars of your business, ways to wow your customers, budgeting, creating a killer sales process, early childhood development and teaching tips, middle and high school classroom ideas, transitioning to the helm, and setting and achieving goals. To learn more and to grab your copy of the DSO Connect Retreat Replay today, go to dancestudioownerconnect.com and click on the Retreat Replay tab. Don't wait because the $99 price tag only lasts until December 31st, 2021. So Connect Podcast. I am Robin, and I am here again for the third time with Miss Bonnie Sita. And we must really love the information that she has to share because we've this is the third episode we're recording with her. She is just a wealth of knowledge. She and I see eye to eye on so many things, and um, we're kind of of the same generation where we've been around the block a, a few times running our studios. We've tried a lot of things over the years. We've learned from experience and, and um, we are very excited to share what we've learned with all of you guys. Um, Bonnie also is a dance studio owner consultant, so she helps dance studio owners just like we do at DSO Connect. So we have a lot in common. Um, so rewind, a couple years ago, I reached out to Bonnie. I don't know how I f found you in one of the big message boards. Um, and I was kind of toying around with the idea of opening an after school program. And she said, I would love to talk to you. And we scheduled a call and she was fantastic. She spoke to me for like an hour and went through step by step by step. By, I, I remember it vividly because it was like a Friday night and I came into the studio because I have better internet here and no distractions than at my house. And I sat and I just absorbed it all. Ultimately, I decided not to do it at that time, but I, it's always something that's in the back of my mind. And you even told me you were thinking about it for nine years before you Nine years, it. yes, absolutely. And I'm still happy to help you, Robin, if that turns out to be something you wanna do. And I, I do this for a lot of studio owners. And I also, um, sometimes the, the after-school program isn't quite right at that time or you know at that particular circumstance. And I help people build other packaged programs because the whole concept that helped me to create this program that I had dreamed about for nine years, but was afraid to do, um, can be applied to almost anything. I applied it during COVID when we were, you know, very limited as to how many kids we could bring in. Mm -hmm. But there's three simple um, components to it that can that that a person can use to build almost anything in their studio that could be successful. I talked about one of the components on the podcast that we did with Casey. Um, that's called choreographing your business. Um, and that component 
component is finding out what parents really want. You know, uh, if you can find a, something that, that you do in your studio that serves a need that a parent cannot do without, you are going to be able to create a program that's going to be of so much more value that you can charge almost anything for it. Um, and I only use that line not to be facetious because that was what a parent told me. Um, so that that's component number one. Component number two is um, is using this out of the box thinking. You know, out of the box thinking is what we use when we want to choreograph a dance. You know, like you you take a piece of music or you take a theme or you take an idea and you create something from nothing basically. So creating these programs, um, it's not hard. It just requires you know really kind of setting aside everything we already knew about how to run a studio, how to price classes, how to bring people in, how to set up programs um, and just go like, well, what if none of that existed? And I had to like create from scratch. Yeah. And then, and then I think the third component of it is um, just basically the, like, how are you going to present this? How are you going to market it? And that's where this parents love language guide that I created um, comes in that I offered on that podcast. Um, that is really basically uh, is funny because I was on another podcast and somebody asked me, oh, is it related to the four love languages? And I said, no, there's only one love language when it comes to parents. Let's mm -hmm. <laughs> say for my kid. That's the only love language. So, you know, as long as you're speaking that language and you have a product that is something they really need and want and you're able to do it in your studio because you used out of the box thinking to figure out a way to do it you're golden. So, but specifically with the after school program, it was an idea I had thought about for nine years. And this is why I saw a problem in my studio. The problem I saw in my studio, as you said, Robin, is um, we've been around the block. And when I first started my studio, there was no internet, there was no Facebook, you know, ads. It was the yellow pages, you mm -hmm. know, <laughs> so I'm really dating myself. It was the yellow pages. And you know, I had classes in the afternoon, I had classes on Saturday, et cetera, et cetera, evenings. I noticed that all the weekday classes were starting to drop. Um, I noticed that, especially like the ones right after school, like four o'clock, 3.30, 4.30, everybody wanted to come on Saturday. There's not enough Saturdays, you know, like there's not six Saturdays in the week. Um, they wanted to bring three-year-olds and five-year-olds in at like five o'clock and five thirty and seven. I was like, I don't want to see a five-year-old at seven o'clock. You know, they should be in bed. <laughs> you know, so I, what I noticed is parents could not bring their kids. They could not get them into the studio because everybody's working. Mm -hmm. I live in California. It's a very high, um, you know, cost of living state, um, and everybody's working. Um, so unless you have a nanny or a grandma, the kids not coming in. So I noticed that problem and I started thinking, what if I could pick the kids up at their school? And I was like, but I'm gonna need a vehicle or I'm gonna need to have a service. And what about insurance? And is there our license? And these are all the questions that my clients come to me with, like how yeah. do I solve all those problems? Okay, so if you're focused on the problems, you're gonna spend nine years thinking about something that mm -hmm. could be profitable and you're never gonna do it. I finally got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm either going to stop. I'm either going to end. I'm either going to get out of my studio or I'm going to change, you know, yeah. I'm going to grow or die here. Mm -hmm. um, I had already been running my studio for at least like 23 years. And I was like really burnt out. Um, so, and, and it wasn't only about money. It was also about impact. You know, it was also about, you know, seeing that I had this mission that I wasn't really fully, fully fulfilled in. So I started doing market research with parents. 
And I, everybody kept saying, if only somebody would bring my kid to the studio. Mm -hmm. If only somebody would bring my kid to the studio. Ding! I'll be the person to bring the kid to the studio. So we started the after school program. I think we've had it going for about seven years now. Wow. In the first five years, we made $500,000 in new revenue. Nice. On top of our classes. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's gross, not net. And the first year, we didn't lose money. We made money, but we didn't make that much. Mm-hmm. So each year we've made, we've increased our profit margin because we've learned how to be more efficient. Um, this year is the best year ever because with the COVID um, situation, a lot of the schools, uh, they had to close their after-school programs or they had to limit their after-school programs. We actually got overbooked, over-enrolled. We've got the best program going ever. Um, and um, I put $70,000 in the bank. That's fantastic. Let me ask you some specific questions that, so I can kind of really relate to the studio owner that that is thinking, that sounds great, but gosh, it's going to be so much work. And what, like you said, focusing on the problems and what about this? And what about this? And what about this? So one of the what abouts for me is, um, what do you do on the days that you want your studio to be closed, but the kids still have school? Okay. That is a, that is an issue. We usually, it's usually the other way around. It's usually the school is closed, but we're open, you know, okay, because both. Schools, yeah. schools will take a lot of holidays, you know? Um, so when the school is closed and we're open, um, we allow the parents to drop the kids off. So for example, um, you know, all of our, and I will say, here's another thing that's important about our after-school program. It doesn't have to be done this way. Like I said, I work with people and I help them design something that's going to work for them. Mm-hmm. Um, mine is a fully integrated program. In other words, my after-school kids go to classes with kids that are not in the after-school program. Okay. So that way I solved any type of space problems, staffing problems mm-hmm. or whatever, because if there's like a five to seven-year-old ballet class at four o'clock, and I have five to seven year old kids in my after school program, they can just go right into that class. Okay. Um, and that that also helped to build my classes. Yeah. So that, you know, that problem where you have like two kids that want to take a class. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have that problem anymore. I have a class I can put them in. So but so but going back to your question. So if there is if there is if we're there and there's no school, the parents can drop off. Um, if at the same time, or do you open, we all, we'll say at three o'clock. So normally like we pick kids up like between two 30, three o'clock, you know, depending on when their school gets out. So basically we say, drop your kid off at three o'clock and they can stay till six. So we'll still provide the whole part of it. The only part we're not providing is the transportation. And of course there's no refunds because if you were in the other podcast with us, um, you know that we don't itemize. Mm-hmm. So that right. there's no itemization, like this is how much the transportation costs. Right. The only thing I do do is if there's an early out day, you know, because schools have early out. Well, like if it's a regular early out day, like Wednesday's a regular early out day, that's just factored in. But if there's an extra early out day, like the teachers have some conferences and the kids are getting out early at a particular school, there's an add-on if you want us to pick up your kid early because it costs us more, right? We have to make an extra trip and extra staff. But if, if, if we're closed and there, and school is in session, we simply just tell people, you know, that's a day off, you know? Um, And, and we, we rarely do that because really the schools take more holidays than we do. 
Um, I know there was even one day that that school was not in session and parents were expecting that they were going to do the drop off that I was talking about, but we did not want to work that day for whatever reason. And so we said, you know what, we're not doing it that day. And there's no refunds because it, it, I mean, think about it. They're paying for the whole school year. So we're not going to go through the whole school year and nickel and dime like this and that. There's so many bonuses that they get. Um, I rarely have anybody, actually, I don't have parent complaints. This is another... This is another thing that I love about my studio. We do not have parent complaints. And that's because you've positioned yourself as an advocate. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's because we explain to people why we're doing what we do and why it's great. Mm -hmm. And if they don't want it, like you said, if they don't want it, they don't sign up for it. If they sign up for it, they understand what they're getting. Mm -hmm. They understand why we're doing what we're doing Mm -hmm. and they understand the value of it and they're not going to complain. It's funny, just a little bit of a side note, um, with this whole COVID thing, I've seen and heard studio owners say, I love having my lobby closed Mm -hmm. to parents Mm -hmm. and I don't want to let my parents back in. And Mm -hmm. I don't understand that. I'm like, I love the parents, the parents, if happy parents, happy studio owner. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like getting those weird emails that say, you know, there was a miscommunication, you know, the parents all upset about blah, blah, blah. If I can nip that in the bud because I am right there face to face troubleshooting, or if my office staff is doing that, parents are your, your ally. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I didn't like it when the parents weren't coming in because I had to send out multiple emails to explain everything I could have just said, Oh, by the way, you know, don't forget to bring a water bottle. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And, and on that note, I think, you know, the thing is with the parents is that um, is that if we we need to change our relationship, you know, like it, it's all about the relationship you have with the parents. Mm-hmm. Like if you have a relationship and you have a value to what you're doing, there's there's not a problem. Yep. Absolutely. All right. So back on track Back to the after school program. Let me ask you one more question about the on days, off days. Yes. Do you get snow where you are? No, we're in California. We don't get snow. We, we did have, um, let's see, we had some smoke closure. Well, there was no school in session when we had the smoke. Sometimes we have wildfires. We have, um, but, and we have earthquakes, but they don't usually close the school for an earthquake because they don't know what's going to happen. Oh my (laughs) God. So one of the things that I ran into when I was thinking about doing this is parents were saying, um, if I'm paying the studio for this after school childcare and it's not consistent and dependable every day. And I have to like, what do I do on the other days? Like mm-hmm. it, it put them into a situation where it was like, great, you're closed and my kid needs somewhere to go. And I thought well, I had it all okay. I, Again, I think it goes down to the relationship because we actually had like, we haven't had any active COVID in our studio, like since day one, but we did have one day where we had somebody who tested positive for COVID on a, um, like a rapid test and then subsequently went to the doctor and it was like a mistake, right? Mm -hmm. But so we had to close for one day because we were trying to figure out, like, we didn't Mm -hmm. wanna, we didn't wanna risk the chance Mm -hmm. that this person actually had active COVID. Um, So we did have to close that day and it was very unexpected too. We had to tell all the parents, you know, in the morning, um, we're not picking your kid up today. You know, we have somebody who tested positive for COVID. We're figuring it out. We'll let you know what, what happens. We did not get a single, actually people yeah. were like, thank you. 
Yeah. Parents can figure it out. They can. Yeah. There's a grandma, there's a somebody, you know, we don't do it very often. Yeah. I mean, I think if we did it a lot, mm -hmm. you know, people would be like what's going on, but also they are so grateful that yeah. we're actually doing this. I mean, yeah. this is such a huge thing for these parents. They tell me constantly, um, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I think, I think the one or two times that they're going to be in convenienced mm -hmm. it, it, it weighs against it. yeah it weighs against you know okay so staying on specifics did you buy a vehicle yes i did so the first the first year i did it i had a service they were really horrible um i found them and but i i do tell this because people do need to know how you know like what are the different ways you can set up the transportation mm -hmm. so um i found this service and the way i found it is um by uh, finding out like what services work for the school districts. So like I always tell people, like if you're trying to figure out what you can you do about transportation, you know, maybe see what vehicles are going to the schools. You know, there's usually like um, the ones that do the special needs kids. Those are good mm. companies and whatnot. So I kind of got a company through that type of research and they were mm -hmm. really they were they were really bad and really expensive. Mm. Um, and and then I start and then I hired a couple of moms. Um, that just had nothing to do in the afternoon and had SUVs. So oh. I, I kind of had to, yeah, so that's another way to go. So um, do they have to have a special insurance rider on? Yeah, so I put them, so then I then I bought a, then I bought a vehicle for the school. Now, the way it is now, I don't have any moms now, but I do have one of my teaching staff who um, has an SUV. So she I put her on, so I got commercial insurance. So if you buy a vehicle, mm -hmm. the way you do it is you, you get commercial auto insurance for okay. the vehicle. It's not cheap, but it's not ridiculous, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then I can put other people on the insurance. So she's driving her own car. I'm not insuring her car if something happens to her car. I'm only insured for like, if something happens to one of the kids. Okay. You know, so I'm insured for what I need to be insured for. Okay. Um, and if you have, and if you get somebody on your policy, she happens to be, it's always good to get older drivers. You know, we know this, right? Like mm -hmm. don't hire a kid because your insurance will go up. But like I got her and then I got her husband on there too, because occasionally he drives and he actually has a chauffeur's license. So my insurance actually went down because I had people on my insurance that had better driving records than I did. So, so, so that, so those are different ways to go. Like one is a service, like a van service. One is like hiring moms or teaching, you know, other teaching staff type of people. And you have to get an insurance rider on them. Mm -hmm. um, one is have is purchasing a vehicle. Um, now we lucked out too, because um, well, when we first started the after school program, we have a school that is walking distance from us. Oh. So we were actually picking kids up walking at that school. But then what happened is that school, they did a complete rental on that school. And for four years, that school was relocated into a very far away place. Um, so that actually helped build because the parents didn't want to go there to pick mm. up their kids. It was like driving all the way across town to get your kid, you know, in the middle of the day and then having to drive them back. So that was great because we were picking them up and bringing them back into the neighborhood. So when the parent got off work, they could just take their dog walk and get their kid. Mm. They never had to drive to that far away place that yeah. nobody wants to go to. Then the school has come back now. Mm -hmm. So they're now walking distance from us again. Mm -hmm. 
So we have a lot of kids that don't even need a vehicle. They're okay. just walking. And then my, I have three after school helpers. So people also wonder about the staffing. Do you want me mm -hmm. to go into that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, um, so I hire spe people specifically as after school facilitators. That's what I call them. And they basically, um, I have three of them right now. I have about, um, I currently have, well, I currently have probably at least 40 kids in my program of discrete kids, but on any given day, it's anywhere from 25 to 35 kids because some kids come, most of the kids come every day. I'll get into this also about how to set that up. But so anyway, I have three helpers that, that come from like two to six every day. Okay. I'm paying them. I, I pay people like that in my studio a little over minimum wage. Mm -hmm. you know, like a couple of dollars over minimum wage. Okay. Um, so they're not like full teaching staff salaries or whatever. And they, they walk and get the kids. Um, they set up snacks. They they're with the kids the whole time. The kids will go out of the, that area into a dance class, depending on their age group for which we have like our regular teach teaching staff. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the after school helpers or facilitators will um, will go in the class with the kids and be like class assistants. Like if it's a very big class mm -hmm. or there's a lot of, we have, we have like our TK and K kids. Those kids need a lot of extra help. Just What's TK and K? Oh, t uh, kindergarten and um, it's transitional kindergarten, which is like pre-K, okay. pre-kindergarten. Okay. So we have kids that, are, those kids are five, you mm -hmm. know, so we have, so the five-year-olds, we usually send the after-school facilitator, one of them in with the kids to help the teacher. So um, does the after-school facilitator have to have dance training or are they not just- Not really, actually none of them. Oh, actually one of them, the one I most, the two that I have, they're very like mommy types, even though one of them um, is very young and one of them is, is, is more mature, but they both have this kind of very motherly quality. Yeah. And they do art with the kids. Like one of them really likes art projects. So um, yeah, they don't have to have any dance experience. I, I feel like it's better if they have some, but these particular people, it's more the personality. The kids love them, love them. Yeah. Um, the parents love that their kids love. Those people get more presents than I do. I'm not kidding. The parents <laughs> are constantly bringing stuff for the after-school facilitators. At first I was a little jealous, but I was like, you know what? I don't have kids sitting on my lap and peeing on me. So it's okay. It's all yeah, good. I get that too. Yeah. <laughs> all good. It's all good. But so, and then I just recently hired a young lady to, um, to teach some hip hop classes for me, but she had experience like working in a kid's club. So I said, are you interested in also getting in some hours as an after-school facilitator? So she's on two separate like payrolls mm -hmm. and it's, it's worked out really well. Um, so do your do you have a specific room that's designated for these kids? Well, here's here's the interesting thing. I think I touched on in the very first episode. I lost my building. Right. Um, right. So I had a beautiful um, building where I had two dance studios and upstairs and outside area. And I lived there as well. There was wow. residential. Um, I lost that building. I've been. I'm currently renting a fitness center. I have what this is. Okay. This is where the out of the box thinking comes in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, I always tell people, do not ask, can I do this? You always want to ask, 
how can I do this? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. You know, I don't know how, not yet, but how? So I'm in this fitness center and I'm like, how am I going to run my after school program now? Because um, I really basically have this one room, okay, where I've been doing dance classes and, and Zooming, you know, and now all of a sudden everybody's coming back. I have to run classes. I have to have the after school. I was like, the first couple of weeks, we had like 40 kids in one room. And I bought this room divider. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do anything about the sound. You know, it's one of the, those big things. So they don't see each other. But I've got these kids dancing over here. I've got these kids. It was it was horrible. It was like yeah. nightmare. But I said, okay, uh, how 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 can I make this better? So right next door to me um, was a restaurant, and on their parking lot they had put up a tent. I guess thinking that um, they were gonna um, like outdoor have dining. dining or whatever. But they're not using it for outdoor dining. I think they were only using it for special events. I went to them. I said, can I rent your tent? Brilliant. So I rented this. <laughs> Right. So well, you're in, but you're in California where yes, that was. Yes, yes. It's getting a little cold now. So we're actually transitioning, but I think we're getting our building back in a couple of months. So when we get our building back, we'll have two studios, the upstairs, the outside. I'm thinking about putting a tent outside too, because it's great. And yeah. then we actually got another room because they took one of the rooms that was part of the residential and they actually added it into the commercial space. So I'll have a lot more space, but yeah. Um, you need you you basically unless you're crazy like me um you basically need at least like a designated room where the kids can be um you know when we first started the after school program we had we didn't really have the two studios we had we subdivided to make them so we put all the kids we had a very big lobby so we put the kids in the lobby um you know so you can find it depends on how many kids you have here's another thing with the after school program that i suggest people you could start small, you know, you could start with 10 kids, you can still make money from 10 kids. Because if you think about it, um, those kids are going into pre existing classes, you know, so you don't have an expense there, picking up 10 kids. If you hire two people with SUVs, you got it, you know, Um, you, you have to budget and that this is one of the things I do like to sit down with people, you know, if they work with me and they want to work with me is to help them plan the budget. I actually have a, um, you know, like a check, like a sheet and Mm -hmm. it has all the things that maybe you didn't think about the insurance for the vehicle, you know, like um, how many helpers are you going to need? You know, how much should you pay them? How many hours? So there, there is, so as you said, there is a lot that goes into it. It is not a super simple thing, yeah. but it's so well worth it. I mean, I cannot tell you how good it feels to, okay, I could run my, I would, I could run my whole studio on my after school program. Rep. Wow. You know, in other words, if I, if I didn't get one single kid in a class, mm-hmm. I would be okay. So, Assuming that you're having your studio and your after school program, let's say the kids arrive at three, they go where they have a snack, maybe do their homework. Right, supervised. Exactly. exactly. Um, and then let's say you've got a four o'clock, five and six year old class. So mm-hmm. you're going to pluck out all the five and six year olds and put them in that class. Right. Is that what if somebody doesn't want to do dance? Do they oh. get to opt out? No. No, we do summer camp. We have the same problem with summer camp. You know, like somebody will say, I don't like ballet. I'm a boy. I don't want to do ballet. I'm like, we're all doing ballet. 
Right. It's like we're school. school. We're all doing we're math now. We're all doing ballet. You know, occasionally I'll let a kid, if they really I'll say, you want to sit and watch, you can sit quietly and watch, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, yeah. it depends. So, um, so there's like in our studio, we've got acro gymnastics and music and theater. So whatever classes are running anyway, during mm -hmm. the three to six o'clock time frame, mm -hmm. you would just sprinkle those extra kids in there. Right. That's another thing I usually do if I work with somebody, you know, one on one, like I'll, I'll help them customize their program. Like, you know, you want to kind of go through your program before you launch your after school program. You want to kind of go through like your schedule of classes. You might want to slightly tweak it or move things around. You know, you want to make sure that you have because they do have to sort of be like entry level type classes. Like mm -hmm. you can't take you can't take a 10 year old who's just came in your after school program and put them in uh, put them on point. You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah, right. It's not going to work. So you have to have now we we created some classes to kind of round out our mm -hmm. program, too. And then depending on um, depending on kind of our needs and like, you know, how things are going and how many kids we have, we either make those open classes. So it's been a way to like get more kids in. Mm -hmm. Like, for example, we never had African dance, but we found out that on Wednesdays, um, the kids get out of school early and we wanted to have like some extra classes, you know, above and beyond so that they wouldn't be bored all Just afternoon. Sitting all afternoon. Right. So we create, so they get to do two different types of dance. So we brought in African dance. So do you do try to make sure that each kid has at least one class each day? Oh, they, yes. Every day they have one hour of dance, you know, okay. or one class of dance. And then on Wednesdays, we don't have the African dance now, but we have drama. So they do, they do an hour of drum and they do an hour of dance. So then yeah. that takes up, you know, two hours and then the rest of the time is like snack. And that's, that's on a Wednesday, it's a longer day. On a, like a three hour day, they have an hour of dance, they have snack and they have homework time. We call it learning time. Mm -hmm. So here's another thing that people want to know about is licensing you know? Oh yeah. So, so I faced the whole licensing issue because my lovely competitors, um, decided to turn me into the, um, child, um, protective services. And I, and they started an investigation, um, that I was doing on licensed childcare. Um, this was, <laughs> this was the worst thing that happened, but again, again, it's all about how can I do this? So right. I, this is something I want to say that has nothing to do with the after school program. A tip I can give everybody in life. If you ever have any issues with the government of any kind, state, local, federal, whatever, there is always an appeals process mm -hmm. for everything, for everything, owing money to the IRS, getting investigated by Child Protective Services, you know, anything the government does, there has to be an appeals process. So I immediately went to, let me do some research. Let me find out what they consider after um, child care, what is not considered child care, yeah. what is licensed child care. So we currently, it, it, it again, it was, it was a little scary mm -hmm. and it took a little grit, but um, I was able to successfully get a child care license exemption. So okay. we are now licensing exempt child care, which is so great because when COVID came, we were able to have pods of kids mm -hmm. as, as licensed exempt child care. Yeah. Um, so whatever so they, so the key to me, it helped, <laughs> you know, yeah. and they helped me. 
And I think the key is to know what the rules are and then play within the rules. Right. So the reason I mentioned that is now this is California. So, you know, when people ask me about licensing, I go, well, if you're, you know, before you start your after school program, yes, do some research and find out what childcare consists of. Here was the whole thing. I was saying I was helping kids with their homework. When, when I actually got to speak to a higher up person, not, mm-hmm. not the pencil pusher person, but the right. person, right. She said, it don't help kids with, don't say you help kids with their homework because that's something a parent would do. That's the definition of childcare. Mm. You're doing, you're acting on behalf of the parent because I kept telling them I'm not doing anything different for the after school kids than I do for my regular dance kids. They're in a dance class. If they ask for help tying a shoe, I tie a shoe. If they want to drink a water, I give them some water. You know, the only difference is I give them a snack. If I had a hungry kid come in for class, I'd probably give them some goldfish too. You know, so she said, don't use the word homework help. She said, so I made it uh, to be learning time. So I just say we have learning time. Learning time, take out your homework if you have any. Right. Oh, you don't have any homework. Here's a coloring sheet. Here's a here's a word match thing. You know, right. so we all do learning time. So we have learning time. We have art. We have snack, and we have an hour of dance. On Wednesdays, they have dance and drama. Got it. And another thing that came up for me when I was kind of doing my market research about it was actually this was when we were thinking about doing um, something during COVID. Like uh, a lot of parents were pulling their kids out of the schools. Right. And they, we were thinking, well, we should just have like a school, pro- like a, a program where the kids can come here and do their work. I did that. One of the things that came up was if we're promising people that we're getting the kids homework done, which I'm hearing you say, don't do that. Right. Um, and then they don't get their homework done. Mm. Are we not fulfilling our promise? So well, step so, one is yeah. don't say that we're getting the homework done. Well, that was just how California like looks at um but the way to do it is you go to the you know web page for the state um you know uh, child care licensing and they have like videos there that you can watch um that tell you um how to get a child care license okay and then and then some of them are like what is child care you know like they they tell you they like for example the ymca does not have a child care license the Boys and Girls Club does not have a child oh. care license, right? So, I mean, as I said, at least in California. So there's organizations that, that have kids there after school that don't have child care licenses. So, yeah. so you want to kind of do some like front end research mm-hmm. so that when you're structuring your program, it's yeah. probably not going to come up at all ever. The only reason it came up with me was because my competitors like thought they were going to s- screw with me, but they didn't. Some people just can't mind their own business. They can't. They can't. But, you know, so back to the COVID thing. So, yeah. So we in California, actually, our schools were closed. So the parents didn't have the option of pulling the kids out. They they just did not have school. Mm-hmm. So they were doing uh, school on Zoom. Mm-hmm. Um, so school on Zoom, we didn't promise. So this, again, was like, well, what can I do? Like, I can't run my after school program because there is no school, you know. I can't pick kids up at school because they're not at school. Mm-hmm. We can't have classes in the studio because we're only allowed to have like 10 kids and like one teacher and like, it's not even worth the money, mm-hmm. um, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So um, again, I went to like, well, what do parents really need? Yeah. They need a place for their kids to be because they're trying to Zoom school at home. So we started a Zoom school. We were only allowed to have 12 kids. And then most of those kids 
they went into our after school program because they were already with us. So we're like double dipping with the same kids. So yeah. they're paying for that. We gave them like a kind of a package mm-hmm. again. Yeah. If you do Zoom school and you do, we didn't call it Zoom school. We call it distance learning camp. Mm-hmm. So because um, uh, CDs, um, the health department had said we could do a camp. So we were doing distance learning camp. And then a lot of kids were staying for after school, after distance learning camp. Some went home at three, some stayed. Your pricing was yeah. dependent on what you did. And as far as promising, we didn't really promise anything other than that we would provide them with a place to connect their computer, you know, like we'd give them internet access and help them get on the Zoom meeting. Um, And we actually even put in our literature, I know this is getting a little off the topic, but we put in our literature, um, your teacher, your child's classroom teacher is their teacher and Mm -hmm. they are responsible for their educational progress. All we're doing is making sure that your kid gets connected to the class, mm-hmm. you know, and then maybe providing some socialization. So that, that was the biggest home piece. by themselves. Well, that was the biggest piece. That was the biggest piece. So we were doing this on a parking lot. Mm. Okay. Outside on a parking lot with three phones as hotspots, you know, um, I have to write a book one day. You, you do. Know? You do. <laughs> so well, anyway. this is a good place to wrap it up because I don't want you to give away all your secrets. Oh no, of course not. Uh, I, um, why don't we talk for one, why don't we end on how can people, um, learn more from you? How can they work with you? You mentioned your Facebook group. Why don't you start with the Facebook group? Absolutely. So first thing you could do is you can join my Facebook group. It's called confident kids studio network. And you, you know, you just request to join and I'll definitely let you in. On, in the Facebook group, there are a lot of recordings of um, things like this that I've done, you know, Facebook lives where I've gone into the after school program, the membership program, all that stuff. Also, you know, it's interactive, so you can interact with me in the Facebook group and other people. Um, also, people can um, sign up to do a one hour consultation like you did, Robin. Mm-hmm. And the way you can do that is just send an email to info at studiomasteryacademy.com info at studiomasteryacademy.com that is my uh, coaching business and i will and you can request a uh, a one-on-one consultation where i will you know talk with you and help you figure out if this is the right uh, fit for you um and then the last thing people can do if they just want um to get a little bit more of an idea about how to create more benefit-driven marketing for parents and how to speak to parents. Um, the the www.parentsloveLanguageGuide.com that was featured on the other podcast, and that will that will also put you on my mailing list too. So um, so all those ways, I really hope that people will um, think outside the box, do some creative choreography in their businesses. Uh, start making what they're worth because you know we're 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 really offering something so priceless and so precious and um yeah. you know and, I've, and I've the made... moral of the story is what like you're saying we are offering something that is so valuable to our communities and studio owners will give up and close up shop if they're not um if they don't have a good work-life balance and if they're not making enough money Right. So we don't want you guys to give up. We want you to keep serving our communities and you have to be compensated accordingly. Um, so that's what this is all about. And reach out a- for help. Reach out for help. I'm here to help. Robin, Casey, 
you know, we're, we're people who've been there, you know, done that, worn the t-shirt, you know, uh, you know, reach out for help. Don't be afraid. Think outside the box, create something wonderful, love your studio and, and be well and prosper. Thanks for having me on Robin. This was a blast. Thank you, Bonnie. Thanks everyone. See you on the next podcast. See you soon. Bye.